Their dream was to compete in the Olympics. But they chose a sport they knew nothing about. Great. Very good. In a climate they had never been. Cold weather endurance is vital to building a successful sled team. This is the true story of four unlikely athletes. How about I beat your butt right now? How about I draw a line down the middle of your head so it looks like a butt? Who weren't prepared for what they were about to face. We're always afraid of what's different. Now, 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 now! God! But they found in each other. Do you really expect these Jamaicans to qualify? The courage to give it their all. Not only are they going to qualify, they're going to turn some heads doing it. I see pride. I see power. And they took the whole world along for the ride. To follow your dreams. Hi everyone, welcome back to the show, Old Millennials Remember Movies. I'm your host, Angela Yoshiko. I'm Tyler. One day we're going to get that name of our show right on. I did. I know, it's just long. It's Old long Millennials name. Remember Movies. It's like four words. You freaking came up with the name of this podcast, <laughs> you Tyler. You came up with the podcast. <laughs> and then you're like, you know what, if you don't like the way I intro the show, then you can start introing the show. No, I like how you intro the show. Then why are you be giving me shit about it? I know, it's just long. If I One of these it, days we're going to get it right. One of these days we are going to get it right. Did we not get it right this time? Why did you make that comment? I don't know. <laughs> All right. If you didn't recognize the clip of that or read the title of the podcast, today we are talking about... Cool Runnings. Cool Runnings from 1993. Yeah. And it's a, ooh, you know what? Already, what is this, episode 12? Mm Mm-hmm. We've got our, we've repeat director already. John Turtletop, he directed Three Ninjas. Oh, he did? Yeah, now we're doing another, this is the John Turtletop uh, podcast. Time to do a National Treasure movie, apparently. Time Uh. to do The Meg. The Meg. We already talked about the Meg. Oh my God, we've seen, we've talked about so much John Turtletop. He's like your favorite director, apparently. Okay, so before we talk about um, the movie Cool Runnings, Tyler, right. uh, I would talk about what I've been watching, but I haven't really been watching anything recently besides Cool Runnings. Of course. Besides Cool Runnings, which took us a couple nights to watch. Yeah, we started it late. Yeah, it's not that it's long. It's not long, but it's just that we didn't start it at a proper time. Yeah. So other than you know taking a couple nights to watch this and uh, doing some other stuff, I've been watching a few episodes of Jessica Jones. I think when I you were making that comment when I said about the talk, saying the name of the podcast, you probably said it clearly, but you made a face like I can't remember the name of it. That was why I said that, but it probably sounded okay. Just to go back to what we were originally well, talking I got about. A, I got a face for radio. What can I say? <laughs> oh, so, Tyler, what have you been watching? Well, um, okay, so I'll go back a little bit. There's a couple things I've seen on video. I haven't been to the theater since we last did a podcast, but I did watch a movie called Revenge, which was a pretty well-received movie from earlier in the year. Uh, I think it was on the festival circuit the year prior, but... Um, it is a movie directed by Coralie Farget. I'm not sure that's how you say it. But anyway, it is this, as the name implies, a revenge movie. And it is, it's part of the subgenre of call, it's like a rape revenge movie. Uh, you know, there's a terrible thing that happens to a wo- the lead woman in the beginning. And then uh, the rest of the movie is her kind of getting payback for that. This is kind of a subgenre of like... Uh, exploitation type uh you know grimy movies but the difference i guess here is that it's a woman that's directing it and um it's also notable for its extreme violence uh like extreme extreme violence um it's really gorgeously shot uh i think having the female director is an 
provides kind of a, a, a cool take on the the, the genre because even even when you the, like I said this is kind of a subgenre those are usually made by men and it's still kind of a, a movie about like ogling women a little bit and uh, even though it's it's trying to make a comment you can just still see kind of a male gaze in some of those so it's different to have a female director and a good female director kind of tackle it so I thought that was interesting most people would probably be squeamish at the violence it is hardcore crazy some of the stuff that is happens in this is uh and and it's drawn out too it's not like just like flashes of violence like we are dealing with an impalement or some kind of wound that has to be like taken care of and we go into extreme detail in seeing some of this stuff but um gross yeah it's um <laughs> it's it's good it's not my Genre, it's not my kind of movie, so it's not like something I'm going to revisit. But I mean, it has some value to it. I think if you're into, you know, if you have some familiarity with kind of these kind of movies, these revenge tales, this is uh, a take that would be worth your while. But the lead actress is really good. It's Matilda Anna Ingrid Lutz. She's That's very a good long in it. name. Yeah, and uh, but no, I, I, yeah, it's good. I, I understand why it was well received. It's not something I'm going to be revisiting, but um, yeah, no, I, it, it's, it's, yeah. Anyway, the other movie I watched was called First Reformed, and First Reformed is Paul Schrader is the director and writer, and he is the person behind. He wrote like Taxi Driver and Raging Bull. Um, he's directed a few things, but it stars Ethan Hawke, who is like a priest who is. He meets up with um, a husband and wife. The husband is having some question of faith. He, he Ethan Hawke is a, he's a, a priest in a very small church. Like it's like a historical site. There's only a few people that actually go to it. Anyway, he he counsels this uh, this man. Uh, I don't remember the actor of that, but it's Amanda Seyfried is the wife, and uh, and so his counseling of this person kind of leads him to question his own faith. And it gets crazy uh, as it goes along. Ethan Hawke, really good in the movie and a very different kind of role for him. Uh, like that, it goes to some places that are out there, especially with, um, yeah, no, it just, it, it's not your literal, you wouldn't be able to guess where this thing ends up going. And it's not, uh, there's some fantasy sequences and there's some weird things that go on, but uh, very good. Notable for its performances. I'm not sure it clicks together at the end perfectly, but it's bold, and it has a bold ending. And, uh, yeah, I'd go for the Ethan Hawke performance. I think if it had come out earlier in the year, or, or come, if it had come out later in the year, it would definitely be in, like, Oscar talk. But, um, you know, now that it's, it's you know, it came out early, maybe not. But uh, very good. It's all on video. Revenge is also on video. And that's like the new stuff. I did watch Mission Impossible 3 again. Oh, you did? Yeah, over a couple nights. Because, um, you know, just on a high from Mission Impossible Fallout still, I watched Ghost Protocol a couple weeks ago, and mm-hmm. I watched number three now. I'm, Which one's number three? Number three is J.J. Uh, Abrams directed it. It's kind of like the start of this new direction. I mean, yes, it's every director has a stamp on it. J.J. Abrams' version is very much like, at the time especially, it's like an episode of Alias. It definitely has that vibe. It jumps around a little bit in time to the beginning. It has Philip Seymour Hoffman as your villain, which was oh, pretty yeah. cool. It was right, right off of his Oscar win. Um, yeah, it's got some... I, I know it's because it kind of gets overshadowed now because of we have Ghost Protocol and then 
Rogue Nation and Fallout have all been kind of upping the game in terms of stunts, but uh, there's a few really cool sequences in number three, too. So I'm a fan of the whole series. Number two is the only one that uh, I haven't, I don't love, but hey, we'll do that one for the show at some point because that falls in, but... And, of course, we watched Mission Impossible 1 for the show a few episodes back. But that was good. That's all I can say. It's been a while since I watched it. I enjoyed it. Nice. That's it. Philip Seymour Hoffman is dead. He is. He's in. He's not in much of that movie, um, I, which I, I kind of remember. But it really, it, he, he kind of has an opening scene that's a flash forward, and then he doesn't appear for a while. But he does leave his mark in the limited screen time he has. And it's definitely like that big like post Oscar when he won for Capote and then this came out like relatively soon after that. It was just like this big like villainous role, which was really fun to see. But yeah, it's sad. He was one of my definitely one of my favorite actors. What are uh, your two favorite roles of his? Oh man, what a question. I <laughs> well it's kind of a it's a tiny role. I I, I think just sentimentally it, it's punch drunk love. He's in exactly two minutes of the movie, but I love that I just love that performance, but, um, no, I really like that. I really like him in Almost Famous. I really like him in The Master, which was his lengthier Paul Thomas Anderson part that he, he had. Uh, I mean, I could go, there's so many good performances that he's had, but I mean, yeah, that's what comes to my mind anyway. How about Twister? (laughs) How about Twister? That was the first episode of our uh, podcast. He's in that. He is. (laughs) I did like him as the uh, mattress man. That's Punch Drunk Love, yeah. Two minutes of, basically two minutes of screen time, but wow, what a two minutes. In Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. He's just basically calling in, basically coming in for a favor, but oh wow. It's, I just, I just, yeah, I, well, that's a movie we can technically do for this show. Maybe we will do it because it's uh, definitely uh, worthy of discussion. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that's it. Nice. All right. Well, that's what you've been watching. You've been watching nothing. That's right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to give uh, the high stats of... Cool runnings. High stats. High stats. Cool runnings. Then we'll share what we remember. Sure. Oh, then we'll yeah. jump into it. That's right. So pull it up while I'm sharing the I'll high pull stats. up what I wrote down. We, we've been writing our, what we before we watched the movie, we've been trying to write down 30 seconds of what we remember from the movie, in case you haven't caught a previous episode. That's right. So Cool Runnings came out in October 1993. It is rated PG, runs in at one hour and 38 minutes. Yep. The PG rating... Is due to what, Tyler? What do you think? Uh, a little bit of language, I would guess. Yep, rated yeah. PG for mild language and brief violence. Uh, there's a there's a bar fight. Maybe that's the and well, and of course there's the big crash at the end, which is kind of um, intense. So maybe that's uh, maybe that's where that's coming from. Maybe I would I would have guessed the language is surprisingly like some early '90s uh, Disney movies. Some swearing in here, a little bit, a little light swearing, not nothing too crazy. Yeah. Um, what do you guess the budget was for this one? Uh, like 30 million? Half that. Really? Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot you have to spend on. John Candy is probably, at that point, kind of a little bit expensive. There's some, uh, footage they need to get of, um, you know, bobsledding. But, again, then again, they do use some archive footage for that, too. So, uh, yeah. And then they're shooting in Jamaica, I would assume, and... Did they shoot in Jamaica? I think they did. That's a great question. Did you find that out? I sure did. Find that out. Okay. But, uh, yeah, no, okay, 15 million budget. It probably made, I feel like this was like a, a I, my memory of it anyway was like, this was a pretty, like, solid mid level hit for them when it came out. What was the release date on it? I didn't, did you say that? I certainly did. It was released October. October, okay. So, um, eh, maybe it made like 45 million? 
It grossed in the U.S. almost $70 million. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. So it's a pretty solid hit then. And then worldwide, $155 million. Oh, wow. It was a big hit for them. Yeah. I, that makes sense. It does seem like it was at the time I have the memory of people like being excited about this. It does surprise me that it's like October. I would have thought maybe that it was a – well, I don't think it lines up, but – uh, you know how they, you know, they made like Miracle. Some of these movies like to yes. line up with actual Olympics. This doesn't line up, but yes, it clocked in at one thirty-eight. You said that. That's amazing. That's yeah. what movies should be. Ninety can say, minutes. Can I say that it? They probably could have shaved another fifteen minutes off of it. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. You're not just wrong. some of the stuff that's in there. I'd be like, this uh, movie was produced by Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. John Turtletop, the director, it definitely feels like a Disney-ish movie. It definitely has that vibe, except for the swearing. Although that was a '90s thing, and uh, yeah. Okay, well, uh, do you want me to read what I remember first, or because I can, can kind of give you a little bit of gauge of like when I saw this. Yeah, read what you remember. Okay, what I wrote. You have yours pulled up too. I do. Okay, this is what I wrote for my memory of the the, the plot of Cool Runnings. John Candy trains the first ever Jamaican bobsled team. There are lots of unintentionally racist jokes in friendly Disney fashion. Then at the Olympics, they wreck, then finish the race by walking the sled over the finish line. Inspiration. That's pretty good summary. Yeah, that's what I remember. You're pretty good at remembering. Well, I was going to say that I I definitely saw this in the theater. I don't have a... What? Oh, yeah. No, I definitely did. The only memory I really have, I don't have a specific memory, but I remember this was one that, like, both my mom and my dad went to because my dad, I think, was into the true story angle, the sports angle, so he that was, like... That sounds like your dad. And he would go to a lot of movies, but this was, de- I mean, of the kid-related movies, this was actually one he wanted to see, so we ended up, he ended up going to it. And I remember it being, like, a, like a thing. And I remember, like, going, wow, what an amazing true story. Oh, this is so true and amazing. Yeah, to the point where we're watching your... And I'm trying to tell you some things that aren't true, and you're like, what? What? <laughs> None of this is really true? Well, it turns out very little of it is true. Yeah. Like, very, very little is yeah. true, which is disappointing, but we'll get there. Um, mine was pretty close. Um, so what do I remember? Here's what I wrote. Okay. John Candy. We both started off with that. I love how it's a movie about Jamaicans, but we kicked off with John Candy. But that's what Disney wanted us to do. They, they sure did. They hired him for that reason. They sure did. John Candy used to be a famous bobsled coach, but yeah. then he got che- he got caught cheating and was mm-hmm. shamed out of coaching. Then there's some runners from Jamaica, and to be a good bobsledder, you gotta be a fast runner. So John Candy makes a ragtag team of professional Jamaican sprinters to form the bobsled team. They suck. For quite a bit, but they practice, get good, and kick ass. Then they crash, but walk over the finish line. So, you remembered the part where John Candy was like a cheater coach? Oh, I remember watching that and being like, oh! Shocking. Shocking! Not John Candy! Not my dear, dear John Candy! Mm -hmm. So yeah, that really stuck with me. And also, probably, let's say I was 10 years old. I was probably really into cheating and lying at the time. So I think that that theme was probably something that stuck with me. Now, when you say you're into cheating and lying at the time, what do you mean? That you were just cheating and lying? Oh, Cheating at school? Cheating and, no, like games and, you know. You're naughty. Well, yeah. I'm a cheater. Wow. Really? You're a cheater? Yeah, games. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not like in our marriage. Okay, calm I was going to say, geez, let's <laughs> freak out a little bit. So yeah, I do remember that being a big deal because it actually comes on pretty early in the movie. 
it it's does. revealed pretty early. Also, something that's completely not true. <laughs> yeah, not true. Nothing in this movie. Nothing is true. There's like two percent that's true. Movie. Okay, so before we really kind of break down the movie, I do have to ask this general question. And this was the first question that I thought of when we started watching the movie. As we watched the movie. Is it racist? Is it racist? And I don't mean that. I don't think when they were making it, they were. In, it, it's not like trying to be racist. I just think that it seems like a movie that just feels like, in hindsight, like it was unintentionally racist in some ways. There's a line between like racist and insensitive, or just kind of out of touch. Maybe, maybe that's kind of the 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 thing here it, it's tough because we're not uh, i mean we're white we're white people who don't know much we don't know do we know do you know a jamaican person i know zero jamaicans okay so that's a problem we don't exactly have our direct knowledge of of how this could be wrong but it just seems like when you go back and reflect on it 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 seems to carry a lot of the stereotypes that you would think of regarding like jamaican culture so I wonder if that was intentional on the part of Disney, if our ideas of Jamaican culture are stemming from this movie and nothing else, making us the racists. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure. You read an article about this that yeah. you kind of wanted to talk about. Well, I, I okay, so I did want to just kind of mention that, because I did, in this, in kind of looking at this, this, this situation, I was just curious, like, well, what is the, what's, like, the cultural... Your thoughts on this what's been said you know in hindsight and i did randomly i think during the last olympics there was a, a opinion piece in the washington post um it was called jamaicans are bobsledding again stop quoting that offensive movie mm-hmm. so of course i typed in like when i searched i was like cool runnings racist question mark and google gave me this so hey good job google for giving me what i need um, but yeah, the, this is written by uh, Christiana Fryer, and she mentions in the article that she had a mom, that she her mom was Jamaican, and she remembers growing up and seeing it. Um, and so this is kind of, I'm just going to read uh, a part of this that I thought was interesting. It says, Cool Runnings is a kid's movie, so its priorities are bright colors, simplistic characterizations of peoples and places, and comedy and bad accents. That's fine for an animated film, but it's a problem for a film that mines comedy from the juxtaposition of black athletes in winter sports. The film steers clear of the biggest problem by empathizing, emphasizing the quartet's nationality. They are not funny because they're black men on ice, but because they're Jamaicans walking on ice for the first time. Um, but yet playing nationality for laughs is still a problem. The movie isn't interested in expanding viewers' imaginations about what Jamaican might mean, so it falls back onto familiar signifiers. Colorful outfits, reggae, market women, accents and phrases like Yaman. These characterizations aren't all stereotypes, but many are bundled together in the cartoonish character of Sanka Kofi, played by Dougie Doug. He's loud, laid back, and the gesture of the group. There are brief allusions to the fact that he's Rastafarian, but there's never any serious discussion of his religious practice. Instead, his sole character trait is being Jamaican. He is the film's embodiment of essentialized notions of Jamaicanness. So I read that, and um, you know, I, I I think that's probably right on. After watching it, you kind of just get the sense that um, it, coupled together, it's providing a really broad picture of of this culture and, and lifestyle. It, the good news is it's not it's not negative. It's not a negative depiction. And uh, you know, we'll talk about kind of the the deviations from history, but. Um, you know, I, I did find the same, another article that quoted one of the actual Jamaican bobsled team members. He 
they were not none of them were uh run uh runners they were not in any kind of olympic they were all military um you know they had military backgrounds and he was the quote he said relieved by the movie that it wasn't it wasn't like a stereotype of everybody smoking weed and all this other stuff was what he said and this was another recent article so uh you know but it's 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 something we have to bring up before we talk about the movie i'm glad we what do you have any more thoughts other than i think that article kind of probably does a better job than we can explain probably does um what i can tell you from glancing at the internet yeah. is that a lot of high schools and colleges who have attempted to screen this showing mm-hmm. have canceled their showings from complaints of that it is racist okay or racially insensitive gotcha so, so there are people out there that do think that it is racist yeah well and i think that it mostly stems from this kind of this idea of uh yeah, being on the ice the first time, which is fine. I mean, they're 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 going there for the first time as characters. I think the Yamons are over and over a lot on here. Again, I think that it becomes it's it's it becomes like an issue of I, look. I remember, I remember as a kid, you go to this movie and you come out because like the Dougie Doug character is kind of fun and cool. You kind of go out and you start uh, talking like that, and you start saying the quotes and saying the lines and. If you say the quotes and the lines like that, then, you know, you're kind of walking a line. Or if you're like these four guys who went to, like, a carnival parade in oh, black no, face, no, no, dressed no, up no, as no, 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 the four no, no. characters in a bobsled. Why do people keep doing that? So it's that? like that kind of shit that ruins it. Yeah, no, you can't. Wait, why? I know. Why do people do this? It is never okay <laughs> It's never to get okay. into blackface. Just let's put that out there Gosh, as much as possible. people are so I, stupid. I don't feel like we should be the ones having to say this, but uh, apparently uh, we do. So you did some. You did do some research on uh, the Jamaican bobsled team uh, and what actually happened. And basically what we can basically summarize is that everything that happens in the movie – you can just pretty much assume that none of that actually happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and about the the part where there's some archival footage at the end is about the only part that's true. <laughs> yeah. There was a Jamaican bobsled team. There was. Um, and they uh, they weren't professional bobsledders. Nope. They were a ragtag team put together. And they... In a questionable, like, also somewhat racist way that is probably better that they changed it actually like yeah. in the movie like that's actually probably a decent change it's more yeah it's yeah. better and then in the olympics they pl- they were like in 26th place or something like that before they went into their final race right before they crashed right so. they, i mean the movie definitely plays like they have a chance at meddling um mm-hmm. when in fact they were not in fact the real event is like four different uh time down races down the the course the movie only has three and they crash still which is you know they use some archival footage there uh the difference being again uh, this seems like a weird change too well number one is that uh the movie depicts there to be like a mechanical error on the sled like something breaks and that's why they wreck Uh, that turns out that was not the case it was inexperience in the driver uh, that caused the wreck and then uh they it, the movie depicts them picking up the, because it's broken. Like you know, they changed it already. They're going to keep it going. They lifted up the bobsled and carried it over the finish line. Versus in the real life, they just walked alongside the sled. They, they push it and yeah, they push it. They don't carry it. Yeah. So and, and they but like who cares? Who cares about that detail difference? Well, you do fine, but it's just like another. It's just like yet another. Like the whole thing, John Candy coach character is not a cheater. That none of that stuff has ever happened. They were never like 
removed from the yeah it's not a true story if you just kind of can divorce yourself from that uh they weren't discouraged they weren't booed they weren't they were supported they were given what they needed by many accounts yes they were accepted into the 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 race this is all very much like jamaicans can't bobsled they come from a warm climate so you know it's like one of those things so but we can get you know taking that away to you does it seem like the true story not being the movie does that bother you in any way when watching it I think you know the answer to this. I didn't know it was based on a true story. I just thought it was a fun <laughs> movie about some Jamaican bobsledders. So I was bothered by it 0%. In fact, I didn't even know it was sort of based on a true story until you brought it up. And I was like, what? To me, knowing... You, you were sold on this whole true story. Knowing the truth now, to me, hurts the movie a little bit. Like, I remember going to the movie and just being like... And this was when I was a kid. So I'm just like... Gonna, when they say it's based on a true story, I have no reason to tell to, to think that they're going to not tell me the truth. And you heard the trailer. They didn't say based on a true story or inspired by a true story. They said, this is a true story. They they got away with this more often back in the day. Now Nowadays in trailers, it's just like inspired by... Like, they make a pretty clear place that it's not. And I know movies do this all the time. But to me, I don't know. It just... It, it, it felt like it was a betrayal. It felt like a betrayal to me that, uh, like, is Apollo 13 true? Now I'm questioning everything. Okay, just hold your boots. It's tea time with Tyler. Would Already? you like a seems, spot of tea? It seems early. It is early, but I am super tired. Speaking of racist things you can do. What was that? I think one of the racist things you can do is try to talk in an accent. What Don't was that? It was a British accent, which oh, I think is okay would you like as a, a white person. Of tea? I, I don't know what I'm doing. No, you don't. I Are don't. you ready, Tyler Wilson? Yes. For your tea time with Tyler, will I fill up my cup of tea? I had one more sip in there I got. Oh, see, it well, was you. Have to answer the question. So, speaking of true stories, uh-huh. what are the top five best based on a true story films on your mark, starting with the fifth? The uh, top five? <laughs> How can I rank okay. them? <laughs> Go. What do you mean? <laughs> well, I, I I don't know. I don't. I can't rank them. I Fine. can maybe name some. Okay, name a few. Apollo thirteen. <laughs> Skip, you already did that one. Argo, which is totally the all oh, that's not Fargo. Very true. Argo, oh, Fargo, they Fargo. Fargo, they do they pretend it's based on a true story. They say that right at the beginning of Fargo. Okay, Argo. Uh, Schindler's List. That's a good uh, one. Yeah, I like that one. Um, uh, wow, there's a thousand <laughs> unbroken Your favorites. My favorite. I like Schindler's List. Uh, um, Jaws. <laughs> did you just say Jaws? <laughs> Yeah, that was a real shark oh, attack. Oh my god, you have such a broken brain. <laughs> it's on that is a real shark attack. <laughs> it's a real shark attack based on a real shark attack. Shut Jaws. Up. Oh my god. No, you can't. How you always pretend like my brain is broken, but you told I have I have no pre-planned knowledge of this cat any kind of category. Thank you for joining us for tea time with Tyler. And then you just end the segment. Would you like a spot of tea? <laughs> the segment's over already. We haven't even gotten anything. Um, what are some good? Based on a true story. We're going to do this now? You know what You know what popped into my head? What? <laughs> it was the Toby 
Toby Maguire horse one. Toby Maguire, and you're using you're gesturing. By the way, when you do Toby Maguire horse one, you are gesturing <laughs> like you are doing a sprint with your arms. You're moving your arms back, which is not what you do when you're on top of a horse. But I was I was giving like a horse race move. You're thinking about Sea Biscuit. Yeah, Sea Biscuit is that actually based on a true story? I mean, the, the way that all these are, there's think, some truth to um, it. Sea Biscuit <laughs> with came, a real horse. Sea Biscuit came to mind because uh, I saw that one. I remember seeing that one in the theater with you and your dad. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. After your dad, <laughs> he had, had a, a bad, bad day. day. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty emotional. That's fine. I don't. That's not a story for the podcast. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that up. I just thought that's that why you remembered it. No, because you were talking earlier about your dad liking true story sports ish movies. So it was in my the head. Ten Commandments. That's true, right? Definitely. Um. <laughs> Doesn't that got what's his name? The gun guy. Ha-ha. Gerald Nasty. Yeah, that's him. Wow. This is why, when we do these things, we should plan. Like, we no, should actually look at the list. No, it's not fun Because I've plan. seen hundreds of based on a true story movies, and I can think of uh, Jaws, which is not a true story. <laughs> I thought of Seabiscuit. That's what makes it fun. Seabiscuit's kind of, like, what, 10 years old? Not even. Um, okay. So, let's talk about this cast of, cast of characters. We'll, we'll put aside the true story angle just kind of dig into what we like, don't like about the movie. Does it hold up? Kind of knowing that there's some racist, racial problem. Like, did you enjoy watching the movie? Oh, yeah. This time around? Totally. Yeah, you enjoyed it. I time? laughed out loud at several of the slapstick kind of jokes. Uh-huh. Because, you know, sometimes that gets me. It gets me laughing. You've got, um, you know, John Candy is not, he doesn't start, he certainly, they, they, he's credited as and John Candy. He does have a pretty significant role once he gets introduced, but it does take a, a few minutes to show up. But they do follow uh, our, our four, four main guys. Um, mm-hmm. Leon is the, the lead, kind of the, the main guy who's like the driver. That's the actor named Leon. And then you have Dougie Doug, who I remember because he's the funny one, right? And he, mm-hmm. he's like his friend and he's like a soapbox kind of, he kind of knows about soapbox. You see him at the beginning. And then we get introduced to... Uh, um, was it Yule? Mm-hmm. Yule is the... They're all runners. Like, three of the four of them are, are runners. And Yule is a... Uh, is it Yule? I can't... Yes. Okay. And he's a he's kind of like the intimidating guy. He's, he doesn't really like the other guys as much, at least to start. And then you got that, uh, I don't know, the rich guy. Rich boy. Junior. Junior. He's junior. He's got some, got some money in his background. He ends up being the one that kind of... He sells his car to get them to... To fund the team. The, the trials and things like that. But, uh... So they, you know, Leon has kind of got this idea. They've they've tripped in the uh, the race that they've had for the Olympic qualifiers on on the island. So then he meets up with uh, John Candy, who happens to just be on the island, and he's like this disgraced coach. No, let's no? rewind. Okay, he doesn't just happen to meet up with him. Well, he does. He's, he sees a picture of his right. dad, who is a gold medal sprinter, right, with this other white guy. Right. And he's like, who's that guy? And he's like, oh, he's a famous bobsledder. And he he wanted to get your dad to be a bobsledder. He's talking to some the mayor or whatever of Jamaica. And the story, like, what we learn is that he, J- John, <laughs> what did you just say? I said the mayor of Jamaica. I'm going to just go past that one. This is why there's <laughs> this good cultural problems. Politics are hard for me. Okay. Who it's, does yeah, what? You, you, I don't that know. was not a, any kind of... Uh, <laughs> no. That was, there was no... Uh, racist angle that that's just that goes to your just yeah. inability to, to put together like how politics work political uh, uh, labels yeah you don't know yeah. who does what yeah, Congress right. Senate legislation you don't even know how that works here yeah there are three branches of government here <laughs> I understand that great 
But Damn. so, but the the story goes that John Candy was like he won gold medals as a, but then he waited. He put some weights on the front of a bobsled to make it go faster, and uh, got caught. Got caught and got his medals stripped away for him and his team and his team. Which okay, so then like you learn that about him, and then like it's supposed to be like we're supposed to feel bad for him when he goes to Canada and they everybody treats him poorly and they want him out of there. It's like I don't know, like he's a pretty big cheater, like. Mm-hmm. I could see why they're kind of there's some animosity there. Yeah, when you think about like baseball and pe- the guys that have juiced up, like yeah, get get out of here. Well, those guys technically they don't need nothing's been taken away from them. This is like they get, he got caught red-handed putting weights on a box. And this is another thing. Like I don't know if that would necessarily work because this is this is from my base knowledge. I was in when I was in a young boy, a lad. I was in the Cub Scouts, mm-hmm. not the Boy Scouts. Cub Scouts before it got hard. Kids got Cub Scouts is before it gets hard. Uh, but you do like a a derby, like a so what not like a little car. What is yeah. it? Derby car. Yeah. Right. And we had the theory like soapbox derby. It wasn't a soapbox. That's a big thing where you're riding. I'm talking about the little car, yeah, the derby, little mini one. And you put it down a ramp. And my theory was like, ah, you wake that thing down in the front. Like I remember just being a dumb kid thinking like you put some weight on something to make it go down the thing, not knowing anything about. Uh, uh, you know, engineering or how things work. And my, I see my dad's helping me. He's like a business guy. He doesn't know anything about science either. We don't know anything about science. So yeah, guess what? Our car was garbage. It didn't go very fast. <laughs> Our car was garbage. So I'm just saying, like, I don't think weighing down a bobsled, putting some weights on the front's really going to help you. Yeah, I don't think you're going to. Seems it's gonna, Seems like a weird way to cheat. It might slow you down even. I don't know. Just saying. Let's hear what John Candy has to say in the movie when uh, he's explaining to the guy why he's a cheater. Okay. Just kidding. What? <laughs> hey, coach. Yeah. I have to ask you a question. Sure. But you don't have to answer if you don't want to. I mean, I want you to, but if you can't, I understand. You want to know why I cheated, right? Yes, I do. That's a fair question. It's quite simple, really. I had to win. You see, Doris, I'd made winning my whole life. And when you make winning your whole life, you have to keep on winning, no matter what. You understand that? No, I don't understand, coach. You had two gold medals. You had it all. Doris, a gold medal is a wonderful thing. But if you're not enough without it, you'll never be enough with it. Big time. Knowledge. Throwing down some knowledge on it. Throwing down some knowledge. What's weird about this movie is that there are several scenes where it's, like, serious. It's it's like the John Candy, like, Disney kind of... To me, they had the feeling, like, they got John Candy. He's a comedy big-time star at this point. This is his... Not his last movie, but his last movie he completed. He was making Wagons East when he died. So this was... uh, Kind of, you know, one of his last projects, and uh, it, it, yeah, it feels like they're just like, ooh, it's John Candy's, like, he's funny, but it's kind of like a serious role a little bit. It's like, oh, he's gunning for that Oscar, get that John Candy heat going a little bit, and he's good in the movie. It's it's good in the way that we're kind of used to John Candy being. Uh, John, I mean, it's yeah, he's I don't know a, if he's branching out, but he's got a couple monologues. That was a pretty. Uh, not wordy scene for him because he's got somewhere just talk talk talk. talk well, talk. yeah, they they at one point they get 
disqualified by uh, Richard J. Berry, who is <laughs> so he's this guy who's grumpy. Uh, you know, he doesn't want he doesn't like the coach. He doesn't want them to qualify. They keep changing the qualifying terms. It's like a minute six to get down the list. It's a minute two. Has to be a minute. They pass and then he takes them out anyway. We know Raymond J. Berry from number one Justified, but uh, more more <laughs> specifically in Walk Hard, <laughs> the Dewey Cox story. He plays uh, uh, John C. Riley's dad, and, and they kind of do a riff on the Ray Charles. Is it the Ray Charles or the John Johnny Cash story where uh, he's mad that one of the kids has died? So every time he sees John C. Riley, he goes up and goes, mm, "Wrong kid died. Wrong kid died." <laughs> <laughs> and so, oh, you have it? Wrong kid died. <laughs> oh man! And it comes up a lot. Of he times says it a movie. lot. Pretty much every time he appears on screen, he says that. And oh, that movie's so funny and underrated and underseen. But that's like one of the best running things about so, it. Every time I see him in a movie, I just go wrong kid. Dad. Which is a problem because he's in like a lot of movies. He's in a lot of movies. <laughs> he's very prolific. When he was on Justified, which was he was like kind of a regular for a while there. Every time he was on Arlo. screen, Arlo, yeah, yeah. He, you every time is like wrong good dad wrong good dad <laughs> which is not a good thing to joke about when you're a parent no and I know kids around but <laughs> it's just so uh, it's funny but anyway uh, John Candy has a speech to get them back into the competition directed at uh, him and that's a much wordier just uh, a little bit more over the top, a little more schmaltzy uh, uh, thing. Before they get there, though, so you get about 30 minutes where they're on the island, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of training, and we get a lot of weird stuff here. Like, they have to raise money, and so some of the things they do to raise the money is, uh, one, Dougie Doug's on the side of the road singing, and that's terrible. No one's obviously going to give him any money. But then they That have a- song is catchy as all get out, Tyler. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if it's catchy, but they do a kissing booth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is a fascinating thing that only happened in, I believe, '90s pop culture. There's no, th- th- no, there's never been a kissing booth in history, has there been? I've never been to any event that had a kissing booth. It seems disgusting. I did fantasize about it though as a kid. Really? Oh, totally. I think from watching this movie, and there's a few others that happened well, in there in the '90s that I'm it, sure we'll come across. I'm pretty sure it's like there's an episode of Family Matters. There's an episode of like Full House that did this kissing booth thing. Yes, but like it's gross, right? Like, what are we doing? Uh, one, there's a little thing called herpes virus. You're definitely going to be getting. Yeah. I, Two, just kissing is kind of gross. I mean, that's why hookers don't kiss. It's a little intimate. <laughs> it's real gross. Hookers don't kiss. You know, pretty woman. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen that in a while. <laughs> Maybe it's not Pretty Woman. You know. That's a rule, right? That's a rule. I don't talk to a lot of hookers. I, I You know what I ask them when I see a hooker on the street? I, I do. You I, ask them. I ask them, hey, how long you been hooking? How long you been hooking? I like to know, like, how long they've been in the business. That's the only time, I, that's the only thing I ever say to them. I say, how long you been hooking? Yeah. That's it. So, kissing booths are gross. Yeah, that's the one thing they try to raise money for. They do a terrible job. They end up, the rich kid ends up just selling his car to get there because they need like 20 grand to get, to get there. Mm-hmm. They have this scene where they go to banks and they're, it's all very clearly the same, like, set. They just redressed it with like a couple different pictures. Yeah, it's like a person sitting at a desk. Right. And uh, the same wall, the same, like, weird cutout behind them. <laughs> yeah. And then they just change, like, this, now there's a plant, and it's a lady, and now it's a dude, and it's a plant on the other side. And they all laugh at them by, like, pointing and laughing. It is a very, like, broad <laughs> joke. Like, they're, like, yeah. laughing at them. It's such a, a crazy idea for them to go to the Olympics that they're pointing and laughing. Like, ah-ha-ha, ha, you're so stupid. Mm-hmm. Ah-ha-ha. Ha. 
So anyway, yeah, it goes, I always had this memory of being like about half and half. Like it was half before they, you know, before, you know, in Jamaica, the half in Calgary. It's only like 30 minutes and they're off to the, off to the trials or whatever to get better at. It. They get like a junky, uh, sled. It's a piece of garbage. It's all gray. No wonder it fell apart, right? They're just trying to set that up from the beginning. Totally. They get, they paint it later, but, uh, you know, it's not, this, we get a lot of just jokes about like it being so cold and Dougie Doug is just like, covering up with multiple layers there's like a sped up like scene where he's like putting a bunch of clothes on it's comically cold it's like negative 25 and that is that like we don't know what that is and this we're in america it's like are we talking about celsius are we talking about fahrenheit how cold is this i don't know <laughs> <laughs> why are you getting so intense about this it I just was don't funny know. it was funny in the movie it's funny that they're cold yes Okay, it was just like a lot of jokes. It's like about a, it. it's just like there's like the slapstick category of like they're gold joke. Ha ha! It I, was funny. I feel like the first half hour I think works pretty well as like a functioning movie, and then you get the the stuff where they're cold and everybody's being dicks to them, and they're all like, oh, they're calling people. You, you heard in the trailer, they're just like, oh, Jamaica, they can't do it. They call them like what? Even one person called them Jamaicas. Oh, the Jamaicas. Oh wow! Like they don't even have that right. People are being dicks to John Kenny when he's even just trying to walk through to see where to register. He's like, you know where the bobsled team re- registers? And they all ignore him. And there's a big sign, by the way. He's, like, so dumb he couldn't even see the sign. But So then you get that middle part. And then the last half of the – like, the last 30 minutes of the movie is really just, like, what I would call, like, two-minute conflict time. Yeah. It's there's, like uh, interval training but for conflicts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get, like uh, – there's a bar fight. But that gets resolved pretty fast. They they are kicked off the disqualifying team. So two minutes later, we get a speech from John Candy. Ah, they're back on. They're back on. Uh, rich kid's dad shows up. He wants him to leave in the middle of all this. And so you think he might leave. Well, two minutes later, he's fine. He's yeah. going to stay. He stands up stands to him. He's fine. Uh, they go. Finally, we get to like, oh, we don't have uniforms. Oh, we get the uniforms. Oh, we don't have a sled. Oh, we got the sled. Oh, it's time for the first race. Oh, it was a bad first race. Like, they're way out of contention. Mm-hmm. This is embarrassing. Like, even the comment, the, like, the TV thing is like, oh, this is bad. Like, I, I know I'm not supposed to laugh, but this is embarrassing. This which is I think embarrassing. Seems really inappropriate for a TV news. You don't think, I don't think Bob Costas would do that, would he? Maybe that's where it's like, well, racist. Ooh, maybe like Brian Williams would do it, though. Remember what happened to Brian Williams and, uh, uh, all those people that lost their jobs? Who was the one that, ooh, Matt, ooh, you think Matt Lauer? Whoa, 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 back up. Which one was Brian Williams? Brian Williams was got caught lying about a story. You know what? I've I've listened to some interesting brain signs about Brian Williams. Okay. I think everyone some needs brain to just, signs? yeah, everyone needs to just get off his ass. Oh, I don't want to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to jive on that one too much. Matt Lauer, he was the, the pervert. Was he? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. He got, is, ooh, he just, it's hard to keep up. Yeah. With well, all I know, these right? There's Hollywood. been all these guys that have been lost their jobs, but no, he was a bad one, apparently. He was like Bill Cosby. Band? He had like a door on. Alle- okay, he allegedly had like a a door on his uh, like a button that locked under his desk in his office, and he would like uh, get the ladies in his like female employees in there and lock the door and be like, "Hey, what? baby, yeah, it was bad." <laughs> allegedly, gross. <laughs> like I don't want to. You know, I don't want Matt Lauer to see. So me. yeah, I mean, if Matt Lauer were running Cool Runnings, so maybe he would say that yeah. kind of stuff, right? No, and then you reminded me now the Cosby thing. <laughs> so Dougie Doug, I thought was like. 
as a kid, I was like, this guy's a star. Like, I think everybody kind of thought that because he's so, like, funny in yeah, the movie, right? Yeah, he's a lot of good screen presence. Right. And so, you know, and apparently that's where some of this troublesome <laughs> race stuff comes up. But, uh, you know, as a kid, he, he was funny. Um, he ended up going on, like, that re, not the Cosby, sh- like, the Cosby show that everybody loves. He, Bill Cosby did another sitcom on CBS for several years. And Dougie Doug was on that. And I remember mm-hmm. that show. And that's that's pretty much... I haven't seen Dougie Doug on much else. But that was kind of what he broke out from from that. And then we get the the race. They have a sec, a great second race. Because they are... Oh, uh, better than great. And this is kind of where they decide to be like, we need to stop being like every other team. And we need to be a Jamaican team. Which means that they do their little chant. And they... They're just loose. They loosen up, basically, is the the message here. They just need to like they embrace themselves and their heritage, and and they don't try to copy the Swiss team and be right. somebody they aren't. And I, you know, again, I don't think that that's like intentionally like being racist. I think it's well intentioned. It's just that maybe it just doesn't the 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 optics of it now it don't look great. But at the it's time, like, it's like can a white person tell a story of a black person feeling like. I think pride and nationalism. I think they can. They just probably need to do a better job than this. <laughs> but that's fine. Like it, it, again, it's not. It's not. It doesn't derail the movie. But then we get this uh, the crash. And I was. I wanted to say like they do have some sequences here during the initial time trial and this these last races where they do have some cool like uh, on the sled first person like views of going down the tracks and uh, it's fun. It has like a cool angle. It's more than. It's visually more dynamic than just, like, watching it on TV. Even, like, now. I think even if you watch Bobsled and Luge on TV now, they have some cool angles. But this this feels different a little bit. It still feels like they're, they've made enough of a movie here to to make it uh, exciting. And then, yeah, like, they have this, uh, there's wreck. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, pretty, pretty horrific. They use a lot of the archive footage, um, but they do kind of show them, like, scraping their heads... Along the, didn't you say how long did they scrape their heads against the wall? It was a it long was a time. Long time and six hundred, six hundred meters. Yeah, and they show this close up, and it just kind of seemed like even I get it that they've edited the footage pretty well, and they probably expanded on it, but it looks horrific. Like you could see why, like this, you could see why they made a whole true story about this because it's like a pretty vicious wreck. It seems like, and the fact that they were able to kind of walk away from it is uh, impressive in and of itself. Yeah, if your head is scraping against the ice at 80 miles per hour. They're wearing helmets, but, you know, that doesn't mean anything. Well, and if you think 600 meters, you think the 400-meter race, that's long. That's like a lap and a half around the track. I don't understand meters. Well, think of a racing track. Okay, like a... Like in high school. Like a regular track. one? Like mm-hmm. a regular mm-hmm. racing track. 400 meters is one lap. I so never did that. 600 meters would be a lap and a half. I don't of just run. scraping your head 80 miles per hour on your helmet against solid ice. I don't run. That's pretty scary. They're lucky to be alive, probably. But then we get the, um, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of comical. You know how, in the 90s, I don't think it was as prevalent. But the way that it starts in this movie is so hilarious. We get this slow clap when they walk oh, yeah. the bobsled across the finish line. They start with a guy who just starts slow clapping the yeah. team. <laughs> it is quite, it is, it's it is drawn a slow out. clap. And it is, oh, it's one of the, all. it's an all-timer in terms of just, like, the slowness of it. And then, like, eventually more people start clapping slow. Oh, you got it? Probably. Oh. You know, we'll oh. see what I'm... I don't think it does it justice. The audio. 
That's the visual. It's pretty pathetic. Wrong kid died there. Wrong kid died. Even he's doing it. He's clapping. He just started though. He wanna get left out. So you know. I think the Wikipedia page even says like, yeah, there was some sporadic clapping in real life. <laughs> no, it says no, it says opposite. It says it it wasn't a slow clap. It says it was a rambunctious clap that the movie got it wrong with the slow clap. Wait, what? I yeah. want you to go on there and confirm. You know, I just read it again. Let me just uh I'll I'll stall on the podcast while you look this up on the Wikipedia, which is, you know, by the way, a great source for all information. It says after the crash, blah blah blah. Less than okay. Mm-hmm, here it is. They also received somewhat sporadic applause. Sporadic. That's what I no, said. No less. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I, I don't know how to read. Apparently, less than the crescendo response in the movie. But the real bobsled driver Dudley Stokes cites the spectator applause as the reason the run turned from tragedy to triumph for him. That's good. Well, that's confusing. He's as it's contradictory. We heard some clapping. He heard some clap. Yeah, he, well, I mean, that's good. That's awkward. Yeah, well, as you know, Wikipedia is never wrong. That's it's true. The most fact, factual I mean, thing. There's two citations. You have to be, you have to be a professor or a scientist to add things to Wikipedia, I, I heard. So I think... Oh, the site is... The citation on Wikipedia is a YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> Truth behind original Jamaican bobsled team. <laughs> Well, there you go. That just ends I that I saw discussion. those videos. I was going to watch them beforehand. They, there were several interviews of the original bobsled team. There were. Yeah. So I'm sure, I'm sure it's So great. Disney pulled out the stops when they when they put this out. They're like, here's these real guys, even though this story is completely false. Yeah. <laughs> they had to make the money, which they it clearly worked. Because people showed worked. up. Does it work? That's how I'm curious. Like, I know John Candy's popular. I love John Candy. Oh, yeah. A future episode, Uncle Buck. Am I right? Yes. A future um, episode, Great Outdoors. Fa- family favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think this is. I, I don't know if John Candy in and of himself is like a box office draw, but he's popular. But I think like Disney probably did the right like the marketing thing was true. True story, right? Like that. That was the hook, and mm-hmm. that's what got people into the the seats. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. Did you happen to do? We didn't. I'm thinking back on our episode, and I'm wondering if there's been a segment that we forgot. What did Roger say? say? What's your guess on what Roger Ebert reviewed? Cool Runnings. How many stars is he out of? What's it out of? Out of four. four. I um, I, I went a little crazy on the last episode. I think you with the Robocop. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go back to my normal safe, which is uh, two and a half stars. That is correct. Yes. He gave it a solid two and a half stars. So not quite a recommendation. Maybe on the show he might have given a thumbs up or thumbs down. It's hard to say. Usually it's a thumbs down if he doesn't hit three stars. But, uh, yeah, he just, what did he think about it? Well, clearly he gave it two and a half stars. You didn't read the review. <laughs> Can you tell I'm trying to buy myself? Mm-hmm. It's not a bad movie, he says. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's, it's surprisingly entertaining sure. with a nice sweetness in place of the manic determination of the average sports picture. The actors playing the bobsledders have a nice comic charm, especially Dougie Doug Mm -hmm. as a high-energy guy named Sanka Coffee. Mm -hmm. Is that it? Yeah. And John Candy has a couple of stirring speeches that he uh, 
somehow delivers as if every word were not recycled from other films. Which is true. <laughs> if you like underdog movies, you might like this one, especially if you haven't seen very many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty... Last line. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty spot-on review. I would say that, uh, yeah. I, he's, that's, that's actually pretty good, because it, it isn't as, um, it's, it's definitely, it's a sports movie, but it doesn't have a lot of, like, the sports stuff in it. Like, mm-hmm. the, the races really only take up... A f- just a few minutes of the movie in general, and then mm-hmm. it's more about kind of the the antics of the crew. And um, there's some, there's some, yeah, the the, the comment, the the butt comment. There's some swearing in it. People are like saying "bad mother." Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't say "bad motherfucker," but they say "bad mother." Mm-hmm. They have a bar fight where they're smashing bottles over their head, which is a very '90s thing, obviously too. But there's like more than your usual like. They don't make the stuff in the Disney. Well, they don't make these move Disney movies for theaters anymore, anyway. But I did like the scene where they're talking, where they're doing the little ass affirmation in the mirror. That might have been one of the first times I've seen that done of like talking yourself up in the mirror. Oh yeah, because I didn't see you know every movie. Taxi Driver is that like one of the most popular ones? <laughs> like when he's like you talking to me? Yeah, isn't he doing that in the mirror? Wait, you've seen Taxi Driver? Oh, it's been so long. Come on, it's been a really long Sit time. Sit on the shelf like next to you. Doesn't he have that scene? Isn't that yeah, like a famous scene? You're talking to me. I don't think I saw that movie before I saw this movie. I don't think that's not exactly the same flavor. <laughs> I agree. I'm just saying, for me, it was like a, yeah, pump yourself up. Like, I am, I don't remember what he says. You know what's funny is that we Shut make a, a podcast about uh, movies. Like, uh-huh. we're supposedly, we should know something about movies. We have a lot of them. We've seen a lot of them. And yet, we do Tea Time with Tyler, in which I can't remember anything. And then you're talking about Taxi Driver like it's some kind of comparison to Corn. We, we're not setting ourselves up as experts very well here. <laughs> you're not being very nice to me. I started with the criticism for myself first. If you, just, if you I was just trying to make a point that at 10 years old, <laughs> when I saw Cool Runnings... You saw Taxi Driver when you were 10? That's what I'm saying. I didn't see Taxi Driver when I was 10, so I didn't know there were cool movies no. out there. And that's that's kind of the thing about Disney movies of the time as we're growing up. They do serve as like this introduction to like tropes in yes. movies and how a sports movie should work because we haven't seen like we never didn't watch the Bad News Bears yet. We didn't watch uh, mm-hmm. what am I thinking of like those yes, kind of movies. Movies. <laughs> <laughs> Old millennials sort of remember movies. These they serve as introductions to common tropes, right? So when Roger Ebert says, like, you'll probably enjoy this if you've never seen a movie like this before, and that's probably pretty accurate. Yes! I think that was perfect for us, because we hadn't seen a lot of these movies. Whereas, and then the problem <laughs> arises where we saw Cool Runnings first, so then you see, like, theoretically better movies or ones that kind of start at the, the convention, and you're like, well, that's just copying Cool Runnings. Well, that's clearly not the case. Mm-hmm. But here we are. Here we are, just pretending. I don't know. So you, knowing what we know, knowing that there's some... This is a great scene, Tyler, and I'm going to make you listen to it. You're such a jerk. What? The whole scene. Now look in the mirror and tell me what you see. You see Junior. You see Junior. Well, you want to know what I see? I see pride. I see power. I see a badass mother who don't take no crap of nobody. You really see all that? Yeah, man. It's mm. not about what I see. It's about what you see. Now look in this mirror and tell me again what you see. <clears throat> what I see... Pride. Pride. <laughs> Pride. Power. 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 I see Junior. 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 I see
see a badass mother who won't take, take no, no crap off of nobody. Again, I see pride. Can I hear you? I see power. I see a badass mother who won't take no crap off of nobody. Once again, I see pride. Junior, I see power. I see a badass mother who won't take no crap off of nobody. That's right. That's right. And then they go smash bottles on people. <laughs> and then they go get in a bar fight. <laughs> At a country western bar. Listen, I see pride and I see power. Right. Tyler. Gotcha. This is a great scene. Yeah, I like it. It's got swearing in it, though. As a kid, you're just like, oh. Oh, that's probably why I like it. <laughs> yeah, I see a badass. Ten year- oh, a badass. You're like a mother. You're like, what does that mean? Badass mother. That don't make no sense. Oh, whatever. When you're 10, you knew what that meant. You're like, motherfucker. You're like, and you're, and you're, in the, you're watching it. You're like, they're saying motherfucker. They're saying motherfucker. Maybe not me, because I was innocent, but you were not. Definitely. Got my first attention from swearing in school. So did you like it, watching it this last time? Watching Cool Runnings this time? Yeah. I mean, I didn't, like, love it. Right. But I did chuckle a few times. Uh-huh. And it did remind me, I was I was slightly moved by a few of the scene, the sweet scenes. Uh-huh. I... I'm, you had zero interest. I'm weirdly ambivalent about it. I, I liked it when I was younger. Um, the, the lack of true story part really bugged me. <laughs> you were so bad about I just that. don't understand, like, like, some of the stuff is so lame. Like, why put it in? If it's not true, why is it in the movie? Like, we don't need a conflict every two minutes. Like, I was fine with it kind of being a little bit more leisurely for the first half and like getting like having one goal which is like we're gonna we need to learn how to bobsled i think that's a conflict enough like we don't need all this other stuff so just the fact that that's all that's not true just bothered me and it's kind of the same thing with it it tends to bother me a lot and i i acknowledge that movies do this but like like argo is a great example like argo is true pretty true for a while and then it just completely gooses up its ending for no reason like it like you've already made a pretty good movie like why are we why are we jacking it up more i eh, it's just a thing that there's got to be a reason for it and sometimes i don't just see the reason this movie i don't see the reason to, to, to goose it up would you watch a remake of it where it was more based on the true story and was like a drama I don't know if this gets remade. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying it would. I'm saying, would you watch it? I'll watch anything, but I mean, you don't get John Candy, which I feel like is the you know. Who's the John Candy of our days? Who's gonna be? These who's days? playing that? I think they would probably go a completely different direction. They would go serious if they're gonna do drama. They get like Michael Shannon. Oh yeah. Or to like get rid of the white savior garbage, maybe they'll get like. Uh, Idris Alba. Ooh, actually, I would see that if it was Idris Alba as the coach or something, mm-hmm. who's just like intense, like just going at him like crazy. Yeah. Ooh, I would. Ooh, I would watch that. Uh, Sterling K. Brown could probably do a pretty cool uh, version of that. Uh, ooh, Chad. Oh man, if you had like Black Panther come in and do it, like Chadwick Boat. Actually, I'd see a remake of this. So they're the coach. Like get one of those guys, <laughs> like Michael Shannon, Idris Alba. Yeah, like uh, maybe we'll avoid the white savior thing. So, like, uh, yeah, Idris Elba. But you said that it needs to be based on a true story, and there was the white savior thing going on. But there, there was no coat. Okay, but that doesn't. If we're gonna change it, let's just change it to whatever. Well, there. I mean, last year, a couple of years ago, Jamaica's had their Jamaica had their first female bobsled. That's cool. Team. Well, maybe we could just like forget the truth. Like, let's just make a cool bobsled movie. It doesn't have to be like based on a true story. It could just be like set in a other olympics or whatever and it could be like a they'd probably be like bob says too boring now you have to have like luge or that what's the one that they call where they put their head first i don't know skull skull face no that's stop not right. <laughs> it's called like sledding cross cr- no it's the one where they're on the thing skiing 
Uh, skeleton. No, it's something. Snowboarding. The one where they're going pet first. It's not the luge, because that goes the feet first. It's the one Stop, where you, I don't know. You put your... <laughs> but then, yeah, you get a coach like, uh, yeah, Idris Elba, then you just have, uh, guys. I'd watch it. Go out, girls. Let's have it be girls. Why not? Let's have a female. Let's... Let's have Viola Davis be the coach. Oh. That would be pretty good, because she'd be awesome in that part. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, I see where we're going with this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, like, what you know, newcomers for the younger parts. Uh, yeah. What's who's a villain going to be? Raymond J. Barry, he's still alive. Wrong kid died. We'll get him back. Wrong, uh, sh- uh, sh- the guy you already mentioned, Shannon. Michael Shannon? Michael Shannon. Isn't he tired of playing villains yet? No. Probably not. Let's just throw him in there. I like Michael Shannon. I'll see Michael Shannon in anything. That's fine. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I could. Let's redo Cool Runnings. That's fine. Okay. Definitely. We'll, no let's true story, it. though. We'll get rid of that and have it be whatever. There'd probably be some gunfight at the end of it, though, the way that these things what? work. Well, if it's not going to be true, they just got to figure out the way to, you know, I'm just saying. We can't make these movies without putting some kind of gunfight in them anymore. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Movies are violent, that's what I'm telling you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Shut it down, Tyler. All right, well. So today we talked about movies we were watching. We talked about Cool Runnings. Is it racist? Is it funny? Is it good? What did Re- <laughs> Roger Ebert we're say? We're just recapping it now. Like, yeah. Recapping the show? All right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm spent. I don't got anything else to say. You have anything else to add? <laughs> no. Um, Looking over your notes, anything else you want to talk about? No, I'm good. I think we uh, we covered it. The way that I would want to cover it, I suppose. Um, hey, you can find the show. Oh, oh wait. I, I do have a question for yeah. you. Um, what does Cool Runnings mean? They said it in the movie. It, they did. I wanted to talk about how, like, it didn't talk... It doesn't mean what the English words Cool Runnings Did you write down mean? what it wrote? I did. Okay, so, I mean, they, they say, like, they say, oh, it's cool. They call the sled Cool Runnings, and it's like, ooh, what does that mean? As if it's not English, I mean, it's like, we... You know, like, I think they were trying to say, like, well, what is... I think what they meant to say is what is the significance of calling it Cool Runnings. But, uh, what what did you... Well, you wrote it down. It means peace by the journey. Peace be the journey. Peace by the journey. You didn't even write it down correctly? I mean, I tried. The point is it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) First, they say, what are you going to name this lead? And, uh, little Richie Jr. says, uh, how about Tallulah? And they all start laughing. And Mm -hmm. they go... Sounds like a $2 hooker. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes, that's my mother's name. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. man, such a good joke. It's a snap. It's an oh snap joke. And oh, this is yeah. probably the first time that I learned about $2 hookers. I think so. That as well. Because that's a phrase that you, as a kid, you start talking about. Now, are there still $2 hookers or is there inflation involved? Can you still, like, get a $2 hooker? So thanks for listening, everyone. Mm-hmm. This has been Old Millennials Remember Movies. You can find us where? on iTunes or your favorite podcasting listening device. Also, we have a website called oldmillennialsremember.com where you can find this podcast and Tur- Ninja Turtle Talk Live. Yeah. <laughs> which is Tyler's podcast with Tyler and our friend Sean. We don't do that one as often, but it's good. And then we might have some other future podcasts coming up there coming soon. Uh, in September. September. Stay tuned. we got some more coming, but we will keep this one still going too. So if you enjoy this podcast and you like listening to us uh, old millennials sort of remembering movies poorly and having a good time. And stumbling over ourselves constantly. (laughs) Go give us a good review, share it with a friend. You know what to do. Great. All right. Thanks for listening and we'll uh, talk at a movie later. Is that the phrase we're going to say? I don't know. Okay.